0: Gnome. This is Cincy Brewcast, I'm assuming that you already knew that because you clicked on the show, but if not, that's what it is. We uh, talk about beer, talk about Cincinnati beer, we uh, drink Cincinnati beer, I think that's the more important part. And this week we are back at West Side Brewing. It's been, it feels like a really long time since I sat down here to do a show. It was, uh, I think season three, which would have been like, I don't know, like two years ago. Two years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a really yeah. long time. Seriously. It's becoming incredibly difficult to uh, to make the rounds properly with the show and get to everybody in like this timely fashion, but um, a lot has happened. At the same time, you guys have just kind of settled into who you are, and, and we'll, we'll dig into all of that. But um, let's run around and everybody introduce themselves first. Um, we'll go this way around the table so everybody can hear
1: your voice and uh, know who you are. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm Adam. I'm the uh, tap room and events manager here.
2: I'm James. I'm a sales rep. No, I'm Colin, the head brewer.
0: Wonderful. Um, uh, let's just let's dive into it. Let's start drinking some beer because that uh, well, the beer makes fresh. the conversation a whole lot easier. Um, you guys got me a nice flight here, and I, I really want to start this way around it, but we won't. We'll go. We'll go the proper way. <laughs> so today um, is also the release of your Imperial Stout um, in cans too, and um, that's the one I'm talking about that I want to start with because I'm dying to try it. But we won't. We'll start. Um, on this end with uh, Hefeweizen because, sorry, Hefeweizen as we've uh, (laughs) been corrected so many times on this show. Um, Talk about the beer a little bit. You guys have um, to me made a bit of a name for yourselves for kind of going traditional with a lot of things that um, and I don't even know if, if a lot of places aren't doing anymore. There seems to be more and more places that are kind of throwing themselves back into that a little bit but you guys are you guys go really hard into that yeah, no, that's, that's that's all you do, but
3: yeah, that, well, that's been our our main beer philosophy from the get go is brewed two style traditional styles uh, brewed technically well, um, and so the half is a, a great example of that, and it's also not a giant eleven percent roast monster, so it's that's probably right. better to start a little bit on the, <laughs> the lighter side. Um, so the half of Eisen is one of our core beers, one of our best sellers. Um, it's traditional German Hefeweizen, so uh, it's about two-thirds wheat in the grain bill. Gets that special yeast that gives oh, yeah. it all the, uh, the spicy clove kind of banana thing going on. Uh, but what's a little bit different about ours is that we really try to drive the flavor over to that clove yeah. phenol side. And we go to a lot of trouble in the brew house to get it that way.
0: Well, I, it's getting to the point where there's, I mean, there are definitely a few really great Hefeweizens around town. And I, I want them all at the same time so that I can put them all next to each other. Because I, when I first started getting into craft beer, I didn't realize the amount of variance you can get on that mm. that, that east side on this, the same style of German Hefeweizen from the banana to the clove. Yeah. And even some bubble gum things that start to come out sometimes. Yeah. There's there's a whole lot of stuff that can go on there that um, I, I think it would be illustrated a lot more powerfully for people if they could try these things next to each other and see that difference from one to the the other one.
3: Yeah, I agree. Uh, it seems like there aren't too many year round hefts here in Cincy local. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of guys doing them as a seasonal, but ours is a core beer year round can find it anytime. Um, you guys package this
0: one too, right? Yep. Um, It's in cans,
3: uh, 4.9%, uh, ABV. I think it's, off the top of my head, I want to say it's about 20 B, something like that. It doesn't twenty 22 on the can. Yeah, it doesn't really have uh, any hop presence right. as, as much for micro protection as anything. Um, yeah, like I said, we really go to a lot of work in the brew house to kind of push the, the cloves and, and phenols. And, you know, a lot of times we'll have customers come into the tap room. Uh, they're not real experienced with crafting. They're like, well, I really like Blue Moon. And that's when our bartenders' eyes just light up because because <laughs> they know exactly what to serve this customer to get them a pint of beer that they're really going to like.
0: Well, my, my wife, when she got into better beer, we'll say she went to school up in uh, Miami and Oxford. And there's Francis Francis Gunner was always on tap at, at Steinkeller there. Right. Yeah. And so you know this this big german hefeweizen was what she kind of fell in love with because of that kind of banana side of things so Mm -hmm. then as she started getting into beer it was like you start to pull out stuff like this for her she's like oh this is this is exactly what i you know fell in love with about that but it's fresher and it tastes better (laughs) this is this is an awesome example of it i had somebody um send me an email the other day wanting to know where they could get good year-round wheat beers around town and I said well you know the problem is a lot of places like you said are brewing that just in you know the summertime or wherever that may be and I'm like but and I gave her a couple other places too that have something like this um year-round and this is a great example of it and it does go really hard into that um that 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 yeast side of things that I think people who fall in love with it fall in love with uh, yeah fantastic just,
3: just the other day, I uh, saw somebody that had reviewed our half, and that's a bad habit I 'm trying to break reading, <laughs> reading reviews, uh, but they, they didn't rate it very highly, and they commented that uh, it didn't have enough banana and was too too spicy and I just thought to myself, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, exa- and so, and so that's, that's okay for me. Like, if they don't personally like that, that's fine, but that's exactly what we're trying to do with the beer. so
0: Well I think, you know when people say wheat beer, I think that there's a lot of things that your mind can go to with that because a lot of people are familiar with different things as a wheat beer now. You know, a lot of people, be it Blue Moon or Oberon or whatever it may be, think of this big kind of fruity side of things versus the, the, the you know, the, the clovey
1: kind of stuff. Like, so Just a really nice spice character. Plus it was untapped. So I'm assuming it was untapped. Uh, I, f- I think so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but,
0: you know, and... I hear more people um, at breweries that get angry with, un, with untapped and the way people rate things. And I, like to me, I think we're at the point as beer drinkers where people don't take it as seriously. Um, like, I and, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are still people that'll walk up to a shelf or in a tap room and pick a beer based off of untapped. But I feel like we're we've turned that corner where people kind of are familiar with what they like and what they don't like and aren't
2: I think for the most part that's correct but I I still know people that have asked me to post beers I'm drinking on untapped so maybe they can see get a look of what I think about it and pick it up off shelves because they're still kind of novice beer drinkers and they're still new to it so I think it's as much as people kind of crap on it for what it is and for those reasons it's still a valuable tool for some
0: right and uh, you know I I guess I still like. There's people that I that I follow on there that I, I I know, like their taste in beer and their opinions on stuff, and like I I may go to them for a certain style versus another person, and not go to them for a certain style because I know they like. I don't know. It's a uh, keep un- it all in context. Uh, like- untapped is weird. <laughs> 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 um, so since we were here last time, the packaging is a new thing. It's not new for you guys, but it's a new thing since we were here last time. Talk about. Um, so you guys, do you try to keep some of those core beers in packaging on shelves year-round, yeah. or is it more rotational kind of thing?
3: So we've got uh, four of our core beers that are in cans year-round, available all the time. It's the uh, the Hefeweizen, the Common, the Session IPA, and the Double IPA in cans all year-round. And then for seasonals, uh, we pretty much try to have 12 seasonals. So we're trying wow. to put out a, a different seasonal can Uh, once a month. And so right now we're we're kind of in a little overlap. We've still got Porter out there on the shelves. You can find Porter all over town. Um, But as that's kind of phasing out, the Schwartz beer uh, is coming in right
0: behind it. It's, you know, also coming off of Oktoberfest, you guys um, have one of the best Oktoberfest in the city, in my opinion. And um, if you go back to our our Oktoberfest show, Craft Beer Joe. Thinks it's the best one, so. yeah, I, <laughs> but I you did not. Um, you yeah. did not. It was, I did listen to it. That was episode. close though. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was delicious. It was, um, and we've we've talked about this a lot since then because I seem to have stopped at every place that had an Oktoberfest that I said was not the best one since then. <laughs> but um, you. Know, it's really, really hard to, and that kind of goes back to the so untapped thing. There's so many great
2: marzins and fest beers available here, though. But there's so. such yeah.
0: a big, wide spectrum of what that is, too. Like, and um, with something like Oktoberfest, I didn't predict that at all. It's it's one thing, like, with a, a double IPA or something like that. There's so much variance in that based on what hops there are and how how double it is, you know, something like that. And so I anticipate that that's a hard one to pick, the best one. Oktoberfest, I thought it was going to be really straightforward, but it was not. <laughs> it was really difficult to do.
3: Yeah, the O-Fest was one where that's that's one of the few beers where I tasted it right out of the tank and just knew right then I'm like, nailed it. So, yeah, super
2: happy with the Oktoberfest.
0: It's it, fantastic. It, you know, it, it leans towards that side that I like my Oktoberfest to be. You know, we there talked about this. There's
2: still some six-packs floating around out there, too. Oh, really? Oh, wow. I've, I've seen wow. three on my shelves this week so far.
0: I think I have three cans of it left in one of my beer fridges, stashed in the back so that I don't drink them too quickly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, Colin, correct me if I'm wrong, but we increased that production again and still yeah, blasted so, through yeah,
3: it. yeah, so 2018 we brewed 45 barrels, canned 15, this year we brewed ninety and canned I think thirty five, and ran out. We ran out of cans probably two weeks before Octoberfest in yeah, Cincinnati. Yeah, but absolutely crazy. And then we ran out of draft the day
2: uh, it ended. I mean, we had to hold some back to have it in yeah, tap room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we literally we ran out of yeah. that beer in three and a half weeks.
0: So
3: we probably could have used another another thirty barrel.
0: But so everybody has talked for a really long time about how loggers are going to be the next big thing in craft beer. You know, it feels like everybody's been saying that for the last five years, like, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think, I mean, looking at the popularity of something like Oktoberfest, do you see that happening Um, even here on the taproom side, maybe, or, you know, out there in the market or whatever it may be, um, are loggers more popular or is it just this weird Oktoberfest or, Bock thing in Cincinnati where yeah, we get really exactly. crazy about. Just I, think a, old, <laughs> I think it's a little. I think it's a Cincinnati
3: thing. I do. I mean, what you you basically have to brew a Bock in Cincinnati, right? Who else is brewing Bocks? <laughs> Much less like every local brewery. <laughs>
1: yeah, makes a Bock. So I, I, I spent the last couple of years out west and coming back here. And I'm from Cleveland. I was blown away that there's a Bock Fest here. <laughs> like I was blown away. I was blown away that we make a Schwarzbier and like. I was like, "What is that?" So, so I, I do think it's a microculture of this being in Cincinnati. I also think that people are tending to to go away from these. I don't know, lactose, strawberry, double IPA on nitro with whatever, whatever. Insert what you will. And I don't right. think they just are looking for quality, easy drinking beer. So I, don't, I think the I don't think people are,
2: are going away from those so much as I mean mm. because there's still a lot of breweries doing those innovative and creative things very well, but at the end of the day, like, you want one of those or you want to take, you know, a couple cans to a bottle share of those, whereas you're sitting around Saturday around the house all day drinking beer, watching football. You just want something that you can just throw back and not even think about it. I
0: almost wonder, too, if it's like because there are so many double lactose, milkshake, New England, whatever, that because that has become such a big thing... Um, if that's kind of pushing people back towards something else, like it's almost like what is what is popular or trendy? Like there's something about like kind of leaning against against that, like in the opposite direction, if, if that makes any sense. like, guess well, there's and, something about craft beer drinkers trying to almost rebel against that thing because it's become so popular, if that makes and, sense.
3: And one thing I I always love this caveat whenever we're getting deep into the weeds about beer is that the untapped reviewer or the person waiting in line at 450 north is a tiny (laughs) niche of what itself is a tiny niche of beer drinkers that's what's so
0: crazy you know so especially from the perspective of somebody like me or like you guys where this is this is the world we're like consumed by every every day you're you're surrounded by this craft beer and then to like take a step back and realize that the majority of people still just walk into their grocery store and buy a case of Bud Light and go home and put that in their fridge, and that's what they drink. And that's still the majority of people. It's yeah, just mind-blowing to me. And that's
3: still the majority of our customers as well. Like we're, we're, we've, I think, done a really good job of establishing ourselves as a neighborhood brewery. You know, We love mm-hmm. to welcome people from all over the city, but we live in Westwood. Right. And the majority of the customers coming into the tap room are drinking the common or the half and that's that's like half of our sales are those two brands, and you know there those are people just looking for a well made refreshing beverage that they can come sit with their family or friends, have three or four of because they are a little alcohol and then and then go home right.
0: Do you think that it almost in in some ways and, and hurts is not the the right word, but almost goes against you guys to be kind of out here in this island still in Westwood, where there aren't a lot of other breweries right around you? And Again, that's not even a fair. Like, I think you guys are like maybe ten miles away from Mad Tree when you really break it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a Cincinnati, that's
1: another Cincinnati thing. This east versus west thing. That's that's super weird. But, but the,
0: there aren't tap rooms in Cincinnati close to you.
1: No, <laughs> and, and we'll take that space. We'll but take does, that space. Does
0: that does that change kind of the way uh, what people are used to when they come in here? Is there still like a? Do you think it's different for you guys than it might be for? somebody who has tap rooms that are their neighbors and things like that. Do you think that you guys have to, uh, cover more ground in educating people, I guess, or I don't even know if educating is the right word. I
1: mean, I don't know. That's, I'd say yes and no. I'd say yes and no. Um, our, our community is, is different from the next neighborhood, from the next neighborhood, from the next one. And between us and, and Cheviot, um, there's not a lot of craft beer options. We we own this space, so if that is our task is to educate the masses, like we're doing a bang up job doing it, and it's 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 slowly trickling into that Cheviot space, and it's slowly going out. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I you're, you're I'm the newest one here to this area, at this table. So you've probably dealt
3: with customers more than I have. I'm I have no customer interaction. That's why I'm on Untapped
2: all day. I think one of the things with that is the people over here on this side of the town, like having this brewery here, but I also don't think that like this, these are the only styles they're looking for. Obviously the common and the half sell well for us, but there are several bottle shops, craft beer accounts around town or on this side of town that go through a lot of all those other beers as well. Um, It's kind of, I wouldn't call it naive to think that, you know, the drinkers over here are uneducated, but being the one of two spaces over here in this area, and I mean, 13 Below is still so far away from us when you think about it. um, It's just a, this is a neighborhood space, and that's what we've wanted to make it feel like. But, you know, we want people to come in from everywhere and enjoy the beer as well. It's, it's,
0: being in a city like Cincinnati is such a strange kind of, picture of what craft beer is because we have so many breweries, but yet they're so spread out. And like people I think are starting to gravitate towards their, their local spot for a while there. um, And it probably shifted kind of right about the time you guys were, were opening is, you know, for a while there were enough breweries, but not so many that you could kind of go everywhere. And, and after kind of this, this boom kind of happened with, you know, in the in the last you know five years or so, I think people are kind of gravitating more towards their local tap room more and more and more. And, more. and so, I I'm just I'm curious to how that how the um, how the crowd in a place like this, or um, when they were open, a place like Old Firehouse or something, you know, one of those places that is in their own very distinct micro community within this bigger picture. How that changes from other ones, I don't know.
1: It's a lot of it. A lot of it's the the snowball effect, right? Is that once once you get that thing and you start to push it down the hill, it's going to get bigger. It's going to get bigger. It's stronger, faster, and that's kind of what we're doing here. Is there's a there's a lot of stuff coming into Westwood, a couple of new restaurants, a couple of new bars, maybe a little a, a little theater that's coming in. There's a lot of things that are coming here that's going to change. The, the whole demographic of this area. And so with that, not only will education rise about about beer, but it'll also rise with what they expect out of their beer, what they expect out of their tap room. And we are this staple in this community that is 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 a jumping-off point for them, whether it's with their education, whether I want to know what a common ale is. Like, they come in here and they go, uh, what's the lightest thing you got? Or I should be more honest and say... I, I, do you have Bud Light? <laughs> and, I and, you know, no, we don't. But let me tell you something about something that's light, that's refreshing, that we but can get you in there.
0: Even that question alone and the two ways you just worded it, I think are very, um, very, very interesting to kind of look at. You know, if somebody walks in and says, do you have Bud Light? It's a very different question than what's the lightest thing you have. Even that is already... When you say what's the lightest thing you have, that's already being open to this conversation and being ready for this conversation. Right. And yeah, I'm I would agree. That's the thing that, that, that I have so much curiosity towards. Of-
1: I'm sure it's more of an uphill battle here than it is in Oakley. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: well, and again, it's, you know, the, that's, that's probably the extremes of the... Uh, the- <laughs> I,
2: I think it's a question that breweries need to be very open to. Um, because as you've already stated, most people are going to the grocery stores the gas stations and where are they taking home. So it's a question that all breweries, everybody in this industry needs to be very open to. You know? it, and we can't, when somebody comes in and asks that, we can't turn, turn our eyes at them and laugh at them or anything. We, right. you know, we got to point them in the right direction. And if they like that beer, you know, have another beer off of that that you can maybe send them in that direction too to maybe broaden their horizon on what craft beer is.
0: Right. What's interesting to me too is that, you know, I've I've seen so many people that um are Bud drinkers or Miller drinkers or whatever it is and as they get into craft beer, they aren't going towards the common ale or the blonde or whatever that might be. They're maybe it's the Imperial Stout that that's that's the thing that's like, Oh my god, this is totally different from everything that I thought I loved in beer. I like this a lot. <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah. really interesting to see kind of that um that side of uh, people's drinking preferences that they didn't know existed. And I've found that those beers are
3: best, uh, the best tasting to do with someone who says, I don't like beer. Right. Because a lot of times those are people who got handed a Bud Light at a party or something, you know, they, they know the American light lager, they know, but that's all they know of beer. And right. so I think this is what beer tastes like. Right. And so you hand them something that tastes like coffee and chocolate and roast. And they're like, I didn't know beer could taste like this, or yeah. you know, even even a sour sometimes be like, oh, I really like. I don't like beer. I like red wine. I'm, I'm a wine drinker. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and it's like, well, try this Flanders red. You know, uh, so I've I've found a lot of times with somebody that says they don't like beer at all, those those way out there beers that are kind of pushing those different flavor profiles are the best ones. Not you know, you don't want to hand them, you know, your brewery's craft <laughs> lager, right. American light lager is like, oh no, this tastes like beer. I said I didn't like.
0: <laughs> You, know, you want to you get those different beers to those, those folks. Let's jump into the, uh, the red IPA here. Tell me about this one a little bit.
3: Yeah, so red IPA is kind of one of my white whales because it always just sounds like such a good idea, and then I'll try someone's and I'll be let down by it. Uh, so, so I really wanted to, to try to nail one down here. Uh, we do this as kind of a seasonal IPA. Um, so it'll be coming out fallish every year. Um, so nice, kind of ruby red color, you know, amberish. Nice white head on it. Um,
0: it's got a fair bit of crystal malt in there for the crystal malt sweetness. It's got the that's what I was gonna say it's got that yeah. nice, really powerful sweetness that kind of balances out the hops that are definitely still there. But um, very um, kind of old school IPA to me. Like you know, I, I, I'm not that I don't enjoy the New Englands and things like that, but it's it's gotten to be too much at this point like i yeah. I just want something that's good and like crisp and drinkable but still has some of that sweetness some of those fruity flavors that you can find in it that
3: yeah you can tell it's an ipa yeah, it's is, got bitterness
0: there's there's a weird spectrum on uh, when you talk about red ipas or ambers or red ales or something i feel like there's a lot of places that are mixing those styles up in really weird ways and you know they'll call something their amber ale and you're and like oh, this is this is uh is an IPA, you know, or, or, you know, this is our red IPA. And I'm like, Oh, this is a, this is an ESB or you know, yeah. whatever it may be. Like there's just a weird, um, weird mashup in that, that kind of category right now. There's a, there's a lot of room to play. This styles. is, this is definitely right on the, the red IPA track for me. It's definitely, um, it's definitely an IPA when you try it, it's got those hops front and center. But then, like I said, as it finishes up, it's got that, that really nice sweetness that, uh, isn't like a like a fake kind of fruity sweetness like you get mm-hmm. from some things where
2: people no, it, are trying to... It just to, cuts that bitterness perfectly. Yeah. It's awesome. And it's
3: got a Amarillo, Simcoe, and Equinot hops are the boil hops and the dry hop. Uh, and what I like about it is that, to me, the crystal malts in there, you know, those are those are some hops that definitely have some of those citrus and tropical fruit flavors. And to me, the way they interact with the crystal malt almost turns it from like a pineapple flavor and aroma. It's like a candied pineapple, which are two really, you know, two really distinct different things, right? Instead of just, you know, mango, it's like candied
1: mango.
0: What is the the hatred that a lot of places have for crystal malt? Um, I remember when uh, Resilience came out, everybody threw a fit because everybody (laughs) hates crystal malt. And as somebody who does not really make beer, um, it doesn't make any sense to me.
3: I hate Crystal malt <laughs> in an IPA. Actually, <laughs> so, so,
0: so.
3: <laughs> the red IPA—it's a very specific use, though. Like I, I'm using it for a very specific purpose. But like when we uh, when we first opened, uh, you know, we had both like a kind of normal strength IPA and a double IPA as our opening recipes. Right, and these were were homebrew recipes from a couple of the owners that they just wanted to run through. You know, scale up, run through all these recipes once, and then we'll go start making changes. And that double IPA, especially, was a very 2005 double IPA. It had a big load of crystal malt in it. So um, much malt presence. And our double IPA now, our session IPA. Uh, the session IPA has a tiny bit of crystal, but
0: the double IPA does not have a single a single grain of crystal malt in it. So for you, is it more a uh, like a flavor issue instead of yep. like a process kind of thing? Yeah, it's completely flavor. Um, I want the I don't want the crystal malt
3: in there. It, it adds sweetness. Um, you know, it's not as fermentable as other malts. And I really want, I just really want this, this sliver of a malt backbone just to hold up all the hops in the double IPA. I don't want sweetness. I want it to finish dry. Right. Um, which is really tough, especially a beer that big Our double IPA is at a 9.3% ABV. It's tough to get a beer that big dry. And if you add crystal malt, you're only making your job harder. <laughs> Well, you know, there's that's kind it. of kind of the opposite in the Session IPA. It's got a little bit in there to help give it a little extra body, which our Session IPA is 4.5%. It's tough to get a beer that
0: small to actually get enough mouthfeel and, and body to hold up. But well, with a category like IPA, you know, put that in quotes, there's so many things in that, that category that are, you know, different types of IPAs. And so it's hard to, you have to be very distinct about where each of those kind of fall and the way that that kind of separates itself from each other, if that makes sense. You know, yeah. especially when you you guys make all of those styles at some point or another from everything from those big doubles down to the session and everything in between and to give them all their own personality without them kind of blending together. And um, that's, the, you have to be very purposeful, I guess, about yeah. things like that. And we brew we brew an English
3: IPA as a seasonal kind of in the spring. And yes, that beer is as hard of a sell as it sounds. But if you think of it if Definitely. if you take your American IPA and maybe kind of change the hops a little bit and then just keep throwing more and more crystal malt into it, eventually you end up at an English IPA.
0: What what uh, makes an English IPA versus like an American IPA?
3: Uh so so as with most most styles, if you started English and you uh, bigger? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, bigger, bigger, everything bigger. A little higher alcohol, more hop presence, uh, less malt presence. Um, so, yeah, you know, most, most styles that have like an English pail or an American pail, you know, you're going to amp up the hops and amp up the alcohol generally, and, and that's kind of the general direction you're that's headed.
0: That sounds very American, just everything and bigger. Bigger, <laughs> more. Um, Let's keep going here. So this one is the Schwarzbier, right? Yeah. Another one of those styles that, um, is, for a really long time, I feel like was very under, um, underappreciated and underrepresented in it Cincinnati. It's uh, it's it's becoming more like understood now. That and, and maybe this is just my mind because of the people that I talk to, but you're seeing more places kind of put it out and and people not being afraid of it. Like for so long, like there was like you oh I don't I don't like dark beers or and not understanding that right, this yeah. is not I mean yes this is a dark beer, but this is not like this is not the Imperial stout. This is the lighter side of dark
2: beer. <laughs> it, it has those great dark beer characteristics and it's four point six percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: This was yeah. the this was the type of beer that got me to kind of fall in love with um, craft beer, I think, even like very heavily because <laughs> It was something that has the, you know, I guess the darker beers was what got me into it. But they're heavier. You know, you can't drink as many of them. as this, as soon as you taste that first one, you're like, oh, my God, this is, this is all that flavor. But without all of that heaviness that... We uh, yeah. were well,
1: talking about educating the masses, right? And this is an awesome beer to do it with. I mean, it is, to your point, you say, oh, I don't like dark beer. You close your eyes and you drink this. It is it is a lighter, crisp, drinkable Crushable beer, and it is what's it? What's, check me on the ABV, it's like four, four, six, four, six. six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it it's is perfect, unbelievably. And there's nothing like this out west that I was coming into, and I was, I had this, I was blown away. Blown it's
0: away. packed full of like those bready, uh, roasty kind of notes, but then yeah. there's like this chocolatey thing going on too, but um, not yeah. that big, heavy. But I, I love it. And this is,
3: this is a beer that I did not think would sell at all. Like, I, I just needed something to keep my lager yeast going after <laughs> Oktoberfest. And so I brewed one batch of it, you know, obviously draft only, not expecting it to sell. And uh, it, sold, it sold the fastest of any release we'd had at that point. It was gone within like a week.
0: And so was, this, was it last year that you yeah. brewed it for the first time? Yeah.
3: yeah, last year. And so, you know, of course, it being a lager, I had brewed it and then it lagered. And then I brewed, I think I brewed like a Hellas or something after that. And so, you know, I had this Hellas going and the sales team comes back. I'm like, we're already out of Schwarzbier. When can we have more? I'm like, six weeks. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, I did, you know, it's a, it's a dark beer and it's obscure style, you know, a, a German word that's not easy for everybody to pronounce. So, of course, it's not going to sell, right? Uh, and it turns out it just went like hotcakes. And so last year we ended up brewing as much of that as we did Oktoberfest.
2: That's crazy. And it's selling like hotcakes again already this year. Uh,
3: Price Hill
0: wow. chili
2: goes through
3: a ton <laughs> of Schwartz beer.
0: That's even that, like, this is not what I mean. I'm sure this is delicious with chili. This wouldn't be my first pick when in my head of like, oh, I'm, I'm eating chili. What do I need to, to, to pair it with? But it, it makes sense. <laughs> this is, uh, do you think the, uh, the growth that you guys are seeing on, this is kind of going back to that, that 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 big kind of overall question we keep coming back to. Like, you guys are seeing such growth on something like Schwarzbier and Oktoberfest. Like, why is that happening?
3: I think because those those traditional German beers are meant to be drinkable beers. And I, that's kind of a nebulous term. And thanks to the AB InBev folks, drinkability is forever kind of tarnished, right? <laughs> right. But I mean, Germans Germans brew beer that they sit down and drink by the liter. Uh, there has to be a, so, a German word for drinkability. I'm sure that it exists. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I, th- I, think that, I think that's part of it. Just the styles themselves are meant to be, to have enough interesting flavors going on where you can drink a liter and it not get boring by the end but also appropriate alcohol content and everything else that you can drink a liter of it. And so I I think that's one, one big part of the popularity of those
0: styles is that they're, they're interesting and approachable. But why, and and maybe it's not, maybe it's just that, maybe it's just that breweries are getting able to, to brew things like that. I feel like for a long time, people just couldn't make lagers, be it they didn't have the space or they didn't have the know-how or whatever it may be in Cincinnati. But, um, you didn't see a lot of loggers for a long time, whereas now you do. Like from places that you look at, you're like, "Oh my god, you guys are making loggers! Like how how are you managing to to to, to make this all work?" And I, I don't know if it's a if it's a breweries being able to or being willing to, or if it's a drinkers becoming more um, demanding of things like that.
3: I, I, in my opinion, I think it's 100 percent on the breweries because it's a real it's a real value question for the brewer. Right. Am I going to am I going to tie this when tank is up as popular as IPA is? Yeah, right. If if you can especially with these IPAs that are getting put out in 10 days from from brew day to package, you know, are you going to do four of those or are you going to do a lager? Uh, so it's a real it's a real value question. Um, as for why brewers are kind of choosing the lager now, uh, I don't know that a ton of them really are. I mean, I, I guess maybe loggers are more prevalent, but you still see breweries that have the time and the resources brew Oktoberfest on
0: ale yeast. Well, yes, but then you see places, you know, we'll use Braxton as an example here in Cincinnati. Not that loggers having a big thing have been a big thing of who they are from the beginning, but if anybody has to be pushing tank space at this point, it's it's them right now because of what they've got going, be it Vive or whatever else that they're they're making they are just turning over tanks with some other stuff to dedicate one of those or a couple of those tanks to something like October fuel or whatever it may be. Like that that's crazy to me that people yeah, are doing that.
3: For for that specific example though, I think that's it's part of their brand. Right? Like they can't they can't kill fuel.
0: I, I mean right? they I don't know. I think they could. I think that they easily okay. as 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 popular as, as Vive is and as popular as something, you know, uh, storm or whatever it is i think they could i think they could get away with it they and they killed twist a bit on me and i freaking love that beer <laughs> you know so what, whatever you know and I, I, we could probably use a different example other than them but um like it's 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 crazy to me that places like that are are lagering beer when for so long you you didn't need to a lot of people were mm. almost like rebelling against lager and it was like that was oh that was that's the that's the Budweiser and the whatever else and now we see that shifting and uh, I don't know I like it a lot
3: maybe in a more crowded market it's a differentiation point maybe and uh, you know for for us here it's tough because we're we're really tank tight and we're still such a young brewery you know just adding another tank is is not really an option right uh but you know our our whole brand is you know beer brewed true to style. So, you know, we would be betraying that if we put out an Oktoberfest on ale yeast. Well, you guys, like that.
0: you guys were also kind of pegged with the uh, the common man's brewery a lot when you guys were opening up. Which I I hate I hate that term. I hate the uh, what that supposedly means about what beer drinkers are. But um, that does kind of go back to that uh, quote unquote normal beer when you think beer you, you i still think you think lager I, I, I don't know like i that's what beer always was it was something that was um beautiful to look at in a glass it wasn't hazy and 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 full of fruit pulp or whatever else is popular right now it was like crystal clear beautiful beer that went down really easy and was flavorful and uh
3: we're we're recording this kind of in our warehouse area, <laughs> and that is our de filter. Uh-huh. I love that thing. The beer comes out so beautiful. I just, of that. I and, even, I even filtered the Schwartz beer, well, even and, though it's
0: black and you can't tell.
3: Not, I still, I still it through the filter. But, and,
0: and this is not to say that some of those big like pulpy beers that some people are doing can't be beautiful on their own. And I, you know, I'm not, I'm not shitting on anybody that that is doing that too. But there's still something about like, you know, especially something like. Um, even even take the the Hefeweizen, you know something that does have some cloudiness or whatever is to it. When you sit out in the sun and you hold up a glass of beer and that sun comes through the beer and it's clear and you can see those, but like that's a
2: beautiful thing. And I, I feel like we've lost a lot of that with what is popular. I think there's a such thing as an ugly beer, and some, yeah, I've seen them. Some, <laughs> some, some, <laughs> sometimes they taste great, but when they look like that, I I don't. Want to buy them very often.
0: I've I've had some some very popular <laughs> beers here in town from from very big breweries, and I pour them in the glass. And there's you know, be it yeast, protein, or whatever they say it is, it looks horrible, and it's it's not appetizing. River water. It makes me wish I hadn't poured it in a glass. It makes me wish I would have just kept drinking it out of a can so that I didn't have to look at it. And that that's not what beer's supposed to be. That was you know that's the that's not what what pushed this whole thing forward. And I I don't know. Going on a, a soapbox that I don't need to be on. <laughs> what I mean, you're, I, you're in the right place for that soapbox. So. <laughs> yeah, but I I have to think you're about right I have to think about what shows I have scheduled for the next couple months so who's going to give me yeah, shit about there, what I say. There's a place
2: for for all of them. There's a market for all of these beers. Maybe clean them up a little bit, but the innovation and creativity and, and craft beer is one of my favorite things about it.
1: Yeah, and you can see that 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 market has gone. That needle has moved up and down. You, you you move away from the American light lager, and you go to the most opposite thing possible: the strawberry, lactose, double triple IPA. And then eventually, that needle is going to find its middle point back into the right right there. And I think that middle point, as as James said earlier, is a drinkable, flavorful beer that you can you can have in in its masses. And I think that the after. You know, because the craft beer industry, while it's not new, has exploded in the last couple of years in the grand scheme of everything. And so now I think that needle is finding its spot in the middle where people are like, "Okay, I love that lactose triple IPA. Could I have six of them? (laughs) No. And because we're in this little microculture of Cincinnati that is uber German influenced, it's Ohio, so it's still a football town. You know, there's still people. <laughs> <For now. laughs> so you know, there's still we, those we still the, got the, bear the cats. <laughs> the cats. I said the cat. The couch. You know, you're on the, west side of the or, Hey man, I'm from Cleveland, so I had to. I'm glad I got to plug that right now. So. But it's uh, that drinkability is is sexy to the masses, and then that is what I think is fueling this trajectory of the craft beer to finally kind of come down. And be loggers.
0: Easy. I th- I th- you know, the more we talk about it, the more I think about it. I think Schwarzbier is the perfect beer. Like, it fits all of those. Like, if you want something that you can, like, pour and let warm up and sit and sip on all night and, you know, kind of re- savor over time, you could do that with a with a glass of Schwarzbier. Yeah. If you want something that you can get kind of cold and get out in the sun and just kind of pound it down it works for that too. Like right, I feel yeah. like it's the perfect beer. I just decided <laughs> you heard it here first
3: available in six packs now
0: <laughs> all over town. <laughs> um, so let's talk about kind of the, the bigger picture of, of West side and who you guys are and how this whole thing is growing. You talked about still being a young brewery, but you're, you're hitting this, this point right now where you're, you've settled into who you are. You guys are still self-distributing, right? Yep. Correct. So, I'm sure at some point that becomes way more difficult to keep that growing at a rate that you want it to grow at. Um, Is there – this is going to be a multi-part question here. (laughs) Is there talk of expanding that? what that means to self-distribute or to team up with somebody else to kind of help spread uh, that beer
2: even further? Or where where are we at on that side of things? We just hired another distribution uh, salesman. Um, So now we have three canvassing the area. I have one in northern Kentucky as well. We're we're trying to establish our stronghold as a regional brewery. Um, What what does that mean in today's The greater Cincinnati area. Um, I mean, first and foremost, we're a brewery for the west side. Uh, That was what a lot of the thought that went into what this brewery is uh, with our owners um, but we make great beer and we want the entire region to have it but really right now just this region um, so another sales rep has is helping us cover areas we weren't getting to that are going to start getting more of our beer right now What
0: are the, the difficulties in uh, a market like Cincinnati today to kind of explaining who Westside is and who you guys, how you kind of relate to everything else in the bigger picture.
2: Um, some, some of the challenges are definitely because we are a traditional true to style brewery and a lot of places um, are looking for, you know, what's that trendy beer? Like what can they get? So, I think the
0: Schwarz beer is what we decided tonight. That's the new trend. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm fine with that. Um, I mean, there's a lot of healthy competition for, for tap handle space around the city um, because there are so many breweries doing so many great things uh, from all the ends of the spectrum. Um, so it's just, you know, we we got to keep pounding our brand. Um, we, a lot of our beers, especially at restaurants or at bar, bars, our beers are drinkable. A lot of our beers are 6% or under uh, to have that idea. So you can have multiple. Um, several of my accounts, you know, just spin just through, half barrels you know it, and it's that's the thing too like if
0: i'm going out to a bar where i'm going to be hanging out what i want to drink then versus when i'm at home sitting in my recliner watching you know whatever show you know actually these days it's like doc mcstuffins or something like that but that's you know <laughs> there. but whatever show it happens to be that i'm watching whatever that beer is that's in my glass there it's a very different type of beer too and like when i'm out I do want something that's a little more drinkable and a little bit more Schwartz beer. I want Schwartz beer when I'm out. Having... <laughs> yeah. See and, where this is
3: going. <laughs> and James James would know a lot more about this than, than I do, obviously, since he's out there seeing it every day. But, you know, we talked about the education of the taproom customer. I think a really important part of our distribution business is educating the beer buyer. And a lot of that is uh, being really strong with knowing who we are, what our brand is, what our beers are. And then educating that beer buyer and saying, hey, these are the types of beers that we make. You know, don't if if you're gonna ask for, you know, a uh, you know, a Midwestern fruit tart, I can tell you the name of a sales rep that can help you. Right. But our our brand, these these are our beers and educating the beer buyer on that, I think is is a big big part of, of getting out there and getting them to stand behind us when they're facing their customers.
2: And, and I think our reps do a great job of acknowledging their accounts and what their needs are going to be. Um, I'm not trying to sell an imperial, a half barrel of Imperial Stout to a restaurant because, I mean, how many, how many do you want your customers drinking that with dinner? Right. You know, that's a beer that goes the six barrel to a craft beer account, you know, where someone's coming up there enjoying it. Or a six barrel to a restaurant or bar, you know, hey, this is dessert beer, something for the end of your night. Um, a lot of that comes with acknowledging, you know, what your account is and what's going to work well for them. And I think our sales team does a fantastic job of acknowledging that as well.
0: How, and this is, I have to think of how to, to word this properly, but how how much focus right now as far as growth and um, evolution is put onto uh, the distribution side versus the taproom side? If you guys can... Answer that properly. Uh, so,
1: so I'm the, I'm the newest member of the West Side family, <laughs> and then so since since my time here, one I've been blown away with the sense of community here. But in terms of our growth, um, as as James said, we are we are focused on our community. We are focused on getting the biggest footprint possible in Cincinnati. Um, and then as we get our stronghold, we will, we will go out. We, you know, we might look to Indiana. We might, we might look other places. But right now we're focused on, on owning our space and what is to come in the Westwood community. Um, the tap room itself, um, we are looking to expand that. We're looking to, to, to always make things better. We had a, a, a beautiful mural. I, I think you saw as yeah, you yeah. came in, a beautiful mural that just went up new pallet thing. We got, we got couches coming in. We're, so we're, we're always looking to improve and change the tap room with the tap room. The revenue will grow with the revenue growing. The community will grow. The education will grow. Everything will continue to grow. And then that will feed into the sales. And then we will continue to. Grow.
2: I think they're, they're both tied directly into each other and you're trying to grow both constantly. Um, obviously, you know, you get a beer in at, at a new account, um, and somebody tries our beer for the first time, you know, oh, I didn't... I mean, I still encounter people on the west side that didn't know we exist two years later um, doing all the church festivals we do during the summer. It's staggering the amount of people. It's just, we, as you said, we've, we've established ourselves as who we are, what we do, and like, we just want to grow that little niche of the craft beer community is, hey, this, this is a brewery you can get a great beer from, and we want that all throughout the Cincinnati region. Yep.
0: It makes sense, but once people know who you guys are, you know, then they you still have to have that kind of home base that they can come to, and they can. Um, I, and I'm trying to think of a good way to word it. You know, be 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 proud to send people there and say this is a really cool taproom. I mean, but not that this isn't that, but that is evolving so fast in Cincinnati too from. Uh, you you, know, you guys talked about when you opened about rooftops and things like that. Like that's this, this cool, trendy thing that people, you know, you, know, you know, hey, this place has a rooftop or this place has a great patio or this place has a food option inside or this place. you know That becomes this thing that people are, when they're going to a tap room, that is almost driving those decisions about which one they go to as much as it is the beer or whatever else it is.
1: And as much as we try to stay trendy, it is... A lot of that is is just that is a trend. We will be consistent in giving amazing beer, amazing service. That rooftop, it's still coming. Like we're still going to do that. We we we're we're dog friendly on Wednesdays. We have a new food option seven days a week. Lunch option. I'm like you know. So so we're doing as much as we physically can. <laughs> like I, I don't know what else we can do. We don't have a patio, so that's like, what
0: makes it hard. Though it's like you're you're so like you're you're being stretched in all these different directions on what is important in in a market like this where everybody like there's like, and sixty I, places that people can go. Like it's crazy. Sixty places on the west side. Oh no! Well, so, <laughs>
3: so so I think I think that that is one one of our unique strengths and challenges. Yeah. Is is the the Cincinnati uh, parochialism. At, you know the East versus west thing, it is really hard to get someone that lives in Columbia Tusculum to drive past all those other breweries right. to come here um, so so you 're right that that is a challenge um, on on the other side of the coin though is that all these people on the west side now don 't have to drive to Columbia Tusculum to get to a good craft brewery, and so there 's you know, there's there's obviously both sides of that coin, but I think that we've landed solid, solidly on we want to service our neighborhood and our neighbors first and foremost and make right. a good experience for them. And that's that's one of the reasons why, you know, we're, we're a craft brewery where you can come and get a bourbon on the rocks or a glass of Prosecco. And that's because we want it to be a neighborhood place where right. if, if somebody's coming, you know— Somebody's wife just doesn't drink beer,
0: doesn't like it. Or husband, maybe there's husbands or, that drink Prosecco or something. I don't know. Yes, <laughs> correct.
3: Uh, you know, if, if they're, you know, we want people to feel comfortable coming here in a group, even if there are some people in a group that aren't necessarily beer drinkers. They still know they can come here because it's a, it's a neighborhood
0: hang. Prosecco is some kind of fizzy wine, right? Yeah. It's
1: exactly. like Sprite. It, it, it is great with breakfast <laughs> and orange juice.
0: Let's drink some imperial stout—the complete opposite of second. <laughs> so eleven three, you two. said eleven two? two. I was close. Yeah. Um, tell me the uh, tell me the tell me some of the, the the thought process behind this beer. I mean, I assume it's just big, yeah, sweet, roasty. It's,
3: yeah, it's a big American imperial stout. Uh, you know, big big hit of roast. Plenty of uh, malt sweetness in there to kind of support everything, but it still finishes kind of on the drier side. Again, one of the things we're really driving for here at, at Westside is, again, that word that we've said a billion times, drinkability. And with our beers, what that means is generally drier finishes. So I think if beer gets too, too far on the sweet side, it kind of becomes cloying. You
0: don't want mm-hmm. to have another one, although I don't know necessarily how many of these <laughs> you <laughs> want to have at this, once. This is probably the perfect amount right here yeah. for, um, you know, I, I don't live, on, well, I, depending on who you ask, I don't live on the west side. <laughs> for somebody like me who wants to come to this tap room, this is the right amount. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although with it being cans, that makes it perfect.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we've got, we've got, we've obviously got cans, uh, four-pack cans and draft of this, we've also got uh, some socked away and a couple of new Rift barrels that we will that was
0: see. One of my other questions I was going to yeah. ask.
3: <laughs> yeah, we don't have a ton of room for barrel storage here, our, so our barrel program's fairly limited, but we did make room for two more new Rift bourbon barrels, so uh,
0: some of this we'll hopefully see in, a, in about a year. This has got a really great big body to it, too, which to me would play really well with uh, a bourbon yeah. barrel. Yeah. Um, almost bordering on a, like a oatmeal stout kind of uh body. Yeah. Like this is, this is really good. Um, finishes it, it it's got like a nice little bitter uh chocolatey kind of it's, kick to it it's that uh, dry baker's chocolate in the finish. So good. Really really well done.
3: Yeah, and again, something something I'm I'm proud of like with our double IPA, one of the most, you know, when people have that, one of the things they most often say is, wow, that's 9.3%? Couldn't tell. <laughs> right. And uh, this is another one where, you know, 11% is a big beer. Yeah. Uh, and and you definitely get a little bit of the alcohol warming, especially, you know, as the beer itself warms up. You can right. definitely get a little bit. But, uh, you know, 11%, I think a lot of people will taste this and be like, wow, 11%. Couldn't tell.
0: <laughs> to you guys, so I I, I spent a lot of time with the Jungle Jim's Tasting Bar. And there's this weird phenomenon there when you stand there long enough, and people walk up, they scan the menu and they just grab the highest ABV that they can find. Do you guys get a lot of that here? Of that's the thing that's you know because we talked about kind of new drinkers or whatever maybe, and I think there's those two sides. You either lean towards something that is light, or you lean towards biggest bang for your buck. I guess you know that.
1: I, I to be honest, I don't really don't get a lot of that in the tap room. I'm I'm I have more customers concerned with uh, the BU versus the ABV. They mm. don't want a, a newer drinker doesn't want a super bitter beer. That's their red flag for craft beer. Is like I don't want something bitter. Like, but but the ABVs I, I haven't noticed it. I mean, a lot of our beers are under six percent anyways, and, and we we're crushing it right now.
2: I definitely get some accounts that love our high ABV stuff. Uh, because they know that people are... I mean, Imperial Stout, double IPA, 9 four-pack. What was pack. the triple? Uh, triple 12.5. Yeah, something like that. Um, that it, it accounts pick. that love our high ABV stuff because people just come in like, that's their night, that four-pack. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's like that's so strange to me. Like I, I, I almost lean towards complete opposite direction. Like if if there's a beer, like this beer, if I'm if I pick up a, a four pack of, I'm like oh man. Like I I know I'm gonna drink this tonight, and then I'm this is my one beer for the night. Instead of having three of something else, this is my one beer, and I'm like oh man, I just get to drink one beer. <laughs> Can you believe
3: everybody used to put everything in bombers? <laughs> <laughs>
2: On Sunday afternoon, I split one of these with my girlfriend while watching football. After you know, I was like, Hey, you want to finish the night with a split an imperial stout? Yeah.
0: I have I have several bombers that are still sitting, like that. I'm like, Man, I just want to drink this, but I can't do it. I can't do, this can't by do it by myself. myself. I can't, drink. especially having a, a little terrorist. I'm, so, I'm supposed to stop saying terrorist, she's old enough to understand. <laughs> um, I have a precious little girl that lives in my house that, like, by the time I get to sit down and crack open a beer, like, it's late. I got to get up for work the next day. And it's like, oh, I can't drink a bomber of an imperial. I need those little tiny cans, like those little like, eight-ounce cans, you know. <laughs> Just Put that in, like,
2: the, the airplane need, cocktail. Yeah,
0: something like That's probably too, a little too small. I need something a <laughs> little bit bigger than that. I definitely
2: but. need to get invited to a few bottle shares to clear out some space so I can start buying some more beer. Right. <laughs>
0: Um, this this beer is is awesome. Uh, I mean, you you know that I'm sure, but um, dead on to what I want an imperial stout to be. And it, like that's that's hard to do, especially with how many like great imperial stouts are not just in Cincinnati, but I mean, just in general. Like that's a that's almost what is so difficult about a place like this. Like you guys have have really hung your hat on sticking to these styles, like yeah. really heavy and like that. There's a lot of really good examples of every style of beer at this point. It's easy to throw some crazy adjuncts in there and say, oh, this is our thing. This is new. This is fun. This is exciting um, to to just be traditional, whatever that means I mean, about it.
2: You get chocolate in this. You get dark fruits. You get raisin. I mean, that's a lot of flavor going on. Why do you?
0: But it's it's There are, you could you could list, you know, 50 examples almost probably off the top of your head almost of every style of beer that are good examples of it. It's hard to 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 be just that, you know, and to to not kind of be new and flashy and have that be what people talk about about you. Like is that is...
3: Yeah, no, that's uh... There there are challenges in that, Um, but again, I think that if if you're good enough at communicating who you are, what kind of beers you make, and you deliver just consistently that beer, you know, to your customers, uh, I think you can really build a brewery that way.
0: Um, I mean, I think I think it clearly, you guys are doing that, and it's it's showing, and people are, um, and again, maybe it's the way people are leaning right now, but like, I think people are getting excited about a place like this, that they can walk in and they can get like these just great examples of these super traditional styles. Like that's something that everybody has one or two on tap that are great examples of a, a traditional style, but to have that be your thing. That's fun. And it's exciting to see. And uh, even more exciting to have, you know, In packaging, Mm -hmm. now that I can, I can grab it at the store instead of having to drive all the way out here.
3: Yeah, and I I hope you're right about that because there are definitely beers out there that I'd love to make that have not sold. Like we opened with an American pale ale, like a classic American pale ale, and killed it almost immediately.
0: Didn't sell. Nobody wanted an American pale ale. That's crazy. And what I get that though, like uh, if I'm, but that's almost even the problem with. With a lot of with a lot of things like if I walk into a brewery yep. and I see an American Pale Ale, I will like that beer. I know that it'll be fun to drink. But next to it, they've got something made yep. with some kind of weird Amazon fruit, and it's yep. triple dry hopped and uh, fermented in the butthole of some kind of rare African <laughs> cat or something. Like yep. there's something like that. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. I need to, I need to, really to see what that, that is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Cryogenically there's, frozen. There's...
0: there's something about that, that, that weird factor that I'm like, I need, to, I need to see what that is. And then that American Pale Ale gets pushed aside. And then at the end I'm like, oh, I, I, I can't drink another beer. I, I, the, the American Pale Ale. I'll have and to wait for another
3: I'm, I'm a little bit guilty of that too. And so I try to make a point of every so often when I'm looking at that beer aisle, just getting Sierra Nevada Pale. And just yeah. like, when's the last time you had a Sierra Pale? Well,
0: I'm 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 on that same boat, so I'm a bad example. Every row. <laughs> I, <actually, laughs> I actually. So I, I have like in in my beer fridges, I have these distinct rows of things, and one of my rows is pale ale, like some kind of just traditional pale ale, and Sierra Nevada makes makes that row a lot. Yeah.
3: So if 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 there if the whole ship of kind of craft beer taste really is turning. Uh, that's that's exciting to me in in our brewery because those beers are in our wheelhouse and I would love to have an American Pale on tap all the time.
0: Well, and there's yeah, I mean I guess so. I'm I'm a firm believer that at some point we're gonna get a brewery that's gonna open up and they're not gonna have styles listed on anything. They're just gonna give you like these flavor points. Like you walk in, it's just a it's a menu board and tells you your, your ABV and then some of the flavors you get from that beer. You know, be it. Fruity, bitter uh you know roasty whatever it is well, i think in a just lot of a,
2: beer bars they'll have flavor profiles like your crisp category no, but, I, but
0: people do, still don't order by that they're still looking at that style oh well, that's an ipa i like ipas i don't want yeah, that at right. all i want i don't want to be swayed by the rare african cat's butthole that it was fermented in. I, I don't want to know that i just want to know what it tastes like and that's what i want to to, to drive me to try that beer and i you know it's you can't get that anywhere. <laughs> like yeah. it's always like there's do you, this. Do you really want? Do you, I don't want it to be that simple. I, I, I don't want it all the time. But there is something that, that in my head is really fun about walking into a bar and trying something just without all of that other stuff. Maybe not even because like, like if I if I walk in here and I've tried uh, you know, how many taps do you guys have? How many different Third, taps? Thirty total. Okay, so if I've if I've tried twenty of those, those other ten are. That's where I'm picking from. I'm ignoring those other ones off the top right now because I want to try new and I want to try this and I want to try that. And I think that that limits us as drinkers a lot. And I, I even knowing that and feeling that, like I'm still doing it, and I don't I don't want that, and I want to find a way that it, it eliminates that for me, and that I can't do that. <laughs>
3: again, from the, the brewery's perspective as a business, like you are not the majority of the revenue.
0: Right. right yeah, I, yeah. I understand that. And I, I completely understand that. And, and Sierra Nevada Pale Ale is a great example of yeah. it you know, it's it's a it's a core beer for a lot of people. Like it's you you yeah. see that can, you know that or I guess cans or bottles they still bottle everything <laughs> but you know you see it and you know it and that's that's half of the reason that you drink it is because you, yeah. you 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 know that brand but um i don't know like i i just sometimes i just want to go out and and you know blindly drink something based on what it tastes like and that's hard to do now
2: yeah
0: i don't know maybe i'm weird
2: <laughs> i mean sometimes i just yeah. blindly yeah. Re- yeah. uh Order a beer from brewery. I won't even pay attention to what's actually on the tap list. I'll just look for a name that I know I can trust and be like, man, let me get that beer.
0: But even that, that's the perfect example of it. You you know, here's this brewery. I know I like their beer. I'll take their beer. There may have been another brewery on that thing, on that, on that tap list, or on that, that, that tap lineup that is something that could have been, like, this experience that you've now missed out on because you oh, got the no, brewery. you're you
3: talking about FOMO,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's, but not it's getting out of your comfort zone more than, than FOMO. Uh. Like, you know, if you see, if you walk into a bar in, in whatever town you've never been in and they've got, you know, two local breweries and then they've got Sierra Nevada pale ale. What do you go for? How do you how do you make that decision? How do you how do you how do
2: you choose that? Personally, myself, I'm yet to meet a style I don't enjoy. So yeah, I, I, I'm the same way. I'll, if if I'm in a spot that I haven't been and I see some local options on the shelf, I'm gonna grab them. I'm gonna look, and make sure they're in date, grab them. And I'm if, if I'm not familiar with that style, I'm gonna look up to see what I should expect from it.
0: But mm-hmm. why are you picking the? That, that that local option or that new option versus the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale or vice versa. Why
2: are you picking that comfort versus the new? Like, wh- I, why are we doing that? I always drink whatever mood I'm in. Sometimes I just want something I'm familiar with that I know is gonna get that I know what to expect. And then sometimes I'm like, all right, let's let's pick up something off the shelves that I haven't seen before.
0: Do you do you guys see where I'm going with this though? It's not necessarily like the the FOMO or the Lots of different. It's like this why Why are we choosing what we choose when we choose it? Especially, and when you're at a brewery, it's it's probably a little easier. But when you're, when you walk into a bar where there's, you know, 40 taps from, you know, 36 different breweries, like that's a hard decision for a beer drinker. And how, how are you making those decisions? And why are you making those decisions versus, uh, I don't know, million dollar question right there. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. we had the answer, yeah. I mean. we need more Imperial staff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think it all just comes down to, like, a lot of times when you go out, when you're looking at your shelves in your local stores, when you're at your local breweries, it, I mean, familiarize yourself with what that beer is supposed to be if you're going to order it, and hopefully it fits in there. But a lot of times there's, there's so much good beer out there. Yeah, just try it. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's wet and has alcohol in it. <laughs> Drink. <laughs> Well, and that's
0: the hard, but you just want to keep drinking like more and more. Like there's so much out there and you just want to experience all of it. And then that's not even taking into account I mean, experiencing I get- it again. You know, you try this beer here at day, you know, one, and then you try it 10 years into it. That's not the same beer anymore. It's It's hopefully gotten better. You know, everything's like this, this evolution too from breweries and like it's. It's hard.
2: I mean, I'm sure you can relate to it. Sometimes I get sad when there's not enough variety in my beer fridge, and sometimes <laughs> I'm just like, "Man, why isn't this in here right
0: now?" That uh, never <laughs> happens <laughs> to me. I, I I live I live a very strange life. So <laughs> anytime something comes out in packaging, I have to buy it in local. I you know regular releases that I can get at the store. I don't jump on all of the rare right. one off things. Um, my fridge is full of. I have these. I have rows of beer again. And it's like an order of I have to try this next, and I have to try this next, I have to keep, I got to get through these beers so that I can take a picture of them and I can try them and I can see what's going on. Half the time, if I'm open up at a beer, it's just the next one I need to drink versus what, what do I really do want to drink? <laughs> I get there, you know, and I try to dedicate like one day a week where I'm just ignoring all of that and just grabbing something that I do want to drink. But like it's, it's, And again, I'm not a good example of it. But it's <laughs> I think that to some extent there is some of that going on with the average drinker too of just what is new, what are people talking about, what's exciting versus just grabbing that thing that they want to drink. I don't know.
2: You're always going to have your different moods.
0: Oh, uh, we we luckily have many beer fridges yes. in my house, so <laughs> <laughs> if you have a, a certain nice. mood, we've got I'm, the beer. But um, that's always the
3: hardest the hardest question for me to answer when a when a customer is like, "Well, which one's your favorite?" I'm like, I don't know how to answer that uh, well, I mean it's it, to it me depends on the time of
0: day and what I'm having to eat
3: to me, it's always really is. easy to
0: answer, but it might not be a good answer for them because it's like, well, right now, like I you know, I'm in this type of mood, and this is what the weather's like, and this is what <laughs> I have to eat just now, and like so I definitely have a beer that this is the one I want to go to, but that's not a fair answer <laughs>
3: right uh, yeah it's hard
0: yeah. um what uh you guys are are like i said kind of settling into this um thing of being a part of Cincinnati beer what gets you excited about the way things are right now and what what makes you nervous about the way things are right now uh
3: what gets me excited is that is as crowded as it's become uh it's still a fairly tight knit uh industry you know there will be times when we get caught short on an on an ingredient or something we need and we can reach out and you know, three, four other places will, you know, clamor over each other to be the first one to respond. They can help out and they'll airlift
0: it out here to the west side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: They'll get the passports out, <laughs> customs forms. Uh and and same, you know, with with when other breweries need something, you know, and we've got an extra sack of malt laying around or whatever. Um so that's exciting because you would think there there gets to a point where it's going to start getting less collegial, uh, and it hasn't. It hasn't gotten there yet. I don't know. Like I don't know if that. Exi- so, I don't know if that will happen in craft beer. Uh, so so that's. So so that's that's still exciting. Um,
2: nervous. I don't know. I haven't thought about it like that. I yeah. mean, I'm just excited for the growth of beer in the city. There are so many people doing so many great things right now. It's yeah. it it really doesn't matter where you go. You can find a great beer that's made right here. Yeah, and I'm not a, even from here, and I, I, I get fired up about that.
3: And on a, on a personal level, you know, when I was applying for jobs uh, up here, like late 2012, uh, it was slim pickens. You know, like, uh, I don't know if they were quite hiring, uh, but like MadTree wasn't quite open, Ryan Geist wasn't quite open. I personally stopped in at Blank Slate and talked to Scott, and he's like. Well, I don't need your help and I couldn't afford to pay you even if I did. Uh, so it was tough. So, on a personal level, like as a brewer, it's awesome to have that many different opportunities that are, that are still out there. Um, you know, for, for a long time, craft brewers were few and far between. And so, if you were stuck with a bad boss or a situation just didn't work out, you know, what were you going to do? You're, you're just stuck. Uh, and so, that's definitely exciting that there's a lot more opportunities out there.
0: What I think is cool about that too, you know, people like to shit on this thing that happens when, when beer becomes popular of people that want to start a brewery that maybe aren't uh, brewers, which good or bad, sometimes that's a very bad thing. Sometimes it, it works out that maybe you do make beer and you don't want to start your own place for whatever reason to have those, those opportunities for people to come in and brew beer from day one, help set a place up, help, help create what a place is. Like that's, that's a fun place to be in. Yeah. You know, the, the, the mad trees of the world, you know, there was, there was people that were brewing, you know, it's, it's a very different type of business than, than some of these other places that are starting up. So it's, it's fun to see those opportunities happening too, which, you know, for, for good and bad, there are some that I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. get a little worried about, but, um, uh, what do you want people to know about uh, Westside that you think they don't know, right now?
1: Um, for as much as we've talked about our community, we're extremely proud of our community. We are, um, we are knee deep in this place. We are here for the long haul. We do a lot of stuff with nonprofits. <clears throat> Well, no. it'll,
0: be, it'll be hard for Westside Brewing to pick up and move somewhere else. I think you guys No, no, there. it'll be very easy. Every city has a West Side. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. Westside <laughs> West Side, Manhattan. Here we come. In the in the greater Cincinnati area, you are very limited.
1: <laughs> we are, yeah, we are here. We are here. We're proud, and we're going to own this space. And uh, this community is is awesome. So. If they, if they haven't made it across, what is it? I'm again new guy. Is the dividing line seventy five? They haven't made it across seventy five. Get your ass in the car and drive the seven and a half minutes and come to the west side. Like there's some awesome stuff going on over here. Yeah, and I I
3: live
0: in uh, Northern Kentucky, and is it the west side of Northern Kentucky at least? <laughs> no, hey, no. It's think the, about it. The east side of the looking west side of Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Uh, but you know, I lived here for probably four years before coming to West Side. I don't think I'd been on the West Side once, uh, and and I love it. Like I'm, I've, you know, constantly discovering new things. Like the first time I went into Price Hill Chili, like I'd heard about it, right? But you walk in there, and I instantly got it. It's like, oh yeah, this is a neighborhood joint that's been here forever and will be here forever, right? Uh, and so yeah, there's there's. Definitely a lot of really cool stuff on the west side, and we're we're happy to be part of it for sure.
0: It just it still blows my mind how people think this is so far away. Like it really is yeah. so close to everything. And again, I, I, I
1: think that's the Cincinnati thing. Like I got here, and people were like, "East versus West," and I was like, "What do you mean? It's it's an eleven dollar Uber ride if that's, I if I need to do it. Like it's that's not bad. There's I'm, an eight dollar <laughs> minimum for Uber.
0: I'm in Fairfield, so I'm north of the wall. So everything is a is a journey for me some way or another It's all the same like it doesn't it takes me just as long to get here as it does to yeah. get to Oakley or wherever it may be it doesn't matter. I <laughs> just
1: say "Grow up
0: um <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, guys, that's a show. Thank you very much and for anybody who has not been to Westside, um you guys are right in the heart of of westwood you're um Really easy to find. Really easy to get to.
2: Montana and Harrison, pretty much.
0: Pretty much. You Can have I to, do a shameless
2: plug? Uh,
0: yeah, of course. That's okay. what we're doing.
2: All right, I'm going to do it. So,
1: so we started <laughs> the the month of October is is a big month for us. We started a first responder discount. A lot, a lot of the community on the west side is very first responder focused. Firemen, police officers, uh, 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 yes. paramedics. Um, and, and so we started a, a discount uh, starting October 1st. We're also, Colin is doing an awesome American IPA, correct? For the Blue Line, Blue Line Foundation. Uh, so that's with the, the Cincinnati Police Department.
0: I saw some labels for that come through the TTB. Yeah, oh, yeah they... Yeah. I'll get out a can for you. <laughs> oh, <shut> yeah. <laughs> and the cans look good. They, yeah, they are cool. sexy. I, I've got to give you guys uh, 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 kudos for the, uh, the matte cans, too. Yeah. Such a good move. We would have so gone awesome. with. We would have gone with Matt right from
3: the start, but our initial can vendor said they could not do it, <sighs>
1: uh, so and we so fired them. <laughs> yeah, and so
3: <laughs> as as soon as we could switch, that was always the plan from the start was to go with Matt. But uh, I agree. They, I, I think our cans in general are really really strong,
0: um, I, especially when you talk about the the October cans. You know, having those in Matt the way they stand out against all the other October stands it's just so so awesome. I love them.
1: We have a, we have a cool family of brands. When they're all lined up, you can tell that they are we are a family. Oh, through yeah. and through.
0: Sorry, so. I didn't I didn't mean to interrupt. No, so so I'm oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the last thing I was going to say, so we're doing the Blue Line Foundation. We're also doing a great outtap uh, project with the the Cincinnati I got to say this right so I don't get in trouble. This the Cincinnati Firefighters Union Local 48. And the Muscular Dystrophy Association, uh, Colin again is making an awesome one-off beer that is a an American mild. Yeah, and so American we did mild.
3: this we did this beer with him last year too. What is an American mild? Uh, Think of an English mild and make it a little Spinger? boozier and a little <laughs> hoppy. Yeah, that, that was kind of the I recipe. Promise. Love it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the recipe we landed on and. You know, it's not really an established style, right? But that's kind of how I thought about it when I was
1: <laughs> came, coming up
0: with the recipe. Uh, if if so. you if if you had asked me to describe what I thought an American mild was, that's right yeah. where I would have gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's perfect, I guess. You
1: just gotta say it three times, and it's official, right? Isn't that how yeah. they used to do yeah. it? Like,
0: yeah. like Candyman.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. Candyman. <laughs> Halloween,
0: (laughs) (laughs) October plug on on uh, on seasonal trend. I guess (laughs) hopefully hopefully people will be listening to this podcast well out of the (laughs) Halloween season, but we'll see. Um, You guys are really killing it here Um, again. Please 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 if you haven't been here, just come out here. You know, make a trip and. uh, Make a trip. <laughs> just come out here. Yeah, your the suitcases in the <laughs> car and uh, take a take a weekend and come you're out here to the west side. Staycation. <laughs> um, because this is, you guys have managed to capture, with even just speaking about the tap room, you know this this perfect blend of um, the the newer world of tap rooms where it's more comfortable and it's a you know it's it's. Comfortable is the best part I can think of to think yeah. of it. It's it's comfortable,
3: not, not bare bones industrial, right? But not. it
0: has it still has those pieces that remind you that you are in a tap room and not in a restaurant or some kind of place where you you feel like you need to move. You know, yeah. like it's it's you you can kind of settle in and hang out and uh, we're, spend cozy. Some time. we're cozy, really, yeah, Cozy's a cozy, cozy is good. Yeah,
3: yeah. And Nation is uh, opening their new burger joint like yes. right yes. across the street, like. Uh, and that's that's another thing, like all oh, the Adam was saying, all these things opening in Westwood, the big park, it's opening right across the street, you know, great restaurant going in. You know, it is it is so residential around here, it's a little hard to draw people out here. And so all these new things coming in, you know, people are gonna be able to make a night of it, right? They're right. gonna go get or a burger. a weekend or whatever maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> get a burger at nation, come have a few beers with us afterwards. Uh, so yeah, we're we're excited.
0: Well, thank you guys very much. Yeah, and thank you. Uh, for anybody that loves the show and loves what we're doing, please, please, please um, patreon.com slash the Gnarly Gnome. You can help support the show, um, share it with all your friends, do all that stuff. But more importantly, you know, follow everybody West Side um, on all the social media platforms, right? Yep. It's just West Side, Westside West West Brewing, Brewing, or West Side something, Brewing or something like that. Yeah, Brewing, yeah, Westside Brewing. And get on Untapped and uh, and rate everything. <laughs> Westside Colin on Twitter, if you want the real nitty gritty process <laughs> details. Um, and thank you guys very much. This is Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft.